You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 43. It's a new year. 2018 is the year of better storytelling. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now let's join your host, Seth Muse, who's often mistaken for a Sasquatch. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. It's been a a little bit of a hiatus over the Christmas holiday, and I'm recharged. I'm ready, excited. I have like several podcasts already in the can and ready to go up through the month of February. I've never been that far ahead. It's really, really awesome. And man, let me tell you, I've got such good guests coming up. I cannot wait for you to hear the content that they're going to bring to this show. It's going to be straight fire. I can't wait. But I'll get to that in a minute. First, I've got some uh, house cleaning items. It's a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2018. And uh, if you're listening to this in a year that's not 2018, it's whatever year it is. So Happy New Year. It's in January. And you can get the show notes for today at sethmuse.com slash 43. Sethmuse.com slash 43. Get all the links for today's show in uh, in the show notes there. So a couple things I want to tell you about before we get into today's conversation. I'm really excited about it too, because we're starting off the year as the year of storytelling. We're going to focus on that a little bit this year. We're going to have some of that come in and out of the podcast. And uh, I think we're all excited about telling more stories on social media, et cetera. And so today's guest is going to really help us with that. But first I want to tell you about that church summit that's coming up in January. It's going to be on January 23rd and 24th. And guys, it's free. And why is that important? Because there are so many incredible speakers and hosts and, and, and minds coming together to create this online free event for you. And it's at thatchurchsummit.com. Yours truly is actually going to speak at it. If I can ever get the thing recorded, I'm working on it. It's going to happen. But 20 plus, in fact, I think it's over 30 now experts are going to be there talking about church communications and how we can tell the story of the gospel better in 2018. It's going to be exciting. Hosted by that church conference, of course. So Justin and Van, shout out for putting all that together. Good job, guys. It's going to be incredible. Let me tell you some of the names that are going to be on this list. Okay. So first of all, let me drop the big bomb. Carrie Newhoff is going to be on this. So you're going to be able to hear him talk about church communicating. Let me tell you, this is an older guy. He's in his, I think, 50s, and he's killing it in the communication world. He is connecting with more people than any other leadership pastor, I think, right now. Or he's, he's one of them. He's one of the big ones. And this guy has just, like... You talk about teach. I don't want to say teaching an old dog new tricks because he's not old. He's only in his fifties. But this guy has learned some new techniques and new new tricks. His podcast is a, is is crazy good. So that right there is worth the price of admission, which by the way is zero dollars. So you want to make sure you sign up for that. Also, Chuck Scoggins is going to be there. Uh, Jenny Catron 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 is going to be there. Dave Adamson from North Point is going to be there. Haley, I'm going to see if I get this. Haley Veturis. From Saddleback, her, the social media director there is going to be here uh, on the on that uh, lineup. Michael Lukaszewski from uh, Church Fuel. Sorry if I'm butchering these names. Some of them I've never heard the actual pronunciation, but I've seen them online and like I connect with them there. And uh, and, and Stephen Brewster will be there as well, uh, talking about how we are going to communicate. So you make sure you sign up for that thatchurchsummit.com. And there's going to be several others there that I didn't mention that are equally as great. And just for time's sake. Um, Go check that site out and get 
register. Take your team, take that person on your staff that doesn't quite get what we do and say, hey, would you be willing to watch some of these videos with me and let's talk about them? Maybe it'll help you. So that's a good tactic. Try that. So thatchurchsummit.com is coming up. Now, I told you I had some great shows coming up too. Let me tell you, today today's conversation is with Robert Carnes. He's from Orange Leaders. We're going to talk about him in a second. He wrote a book. It's, it's going to be all about story, but I've got some great guests coming up too. Alejandro Reyes is going to be on the show talking about how churches can leverage YouTube. Uh, Lauren McAllister. Excuse me. He's going to be back and ta- helping us understand the analytics behind YouTube and how to really leverage that and, and learn how to how to connect with an audience using YouTube. Um, Rob Lauder is going to be here soon to talk about websites and some trends in 2018 that you're going to want to know about church websites that how to make your website really stand out and reach the audience you're shooting for, uh, and how they do things from the Summit Church. So. Um, uh, it, it's a good lineup already just in the first part of the year and there's several more to come and I'm very, very excited about that. So stay tuned, hit that subscribe button, uh, leave a review that helps us get further high or further high, higher up in the, uh, in the search rankings. So leave a review. If you like what you hear, help a brother out. So make sure that you, you subscribe so you don't miss those shows coming up. It's going to be really, really great. So I'm going to start a new little segment here every once in a while. I'm not going to do it every time, but every once in a while, we're going to try to do an app uh, of the of the week. So I want to tell you about an app that I'm using right now that will really help you that helps me with Instagram. It helps me with, you know, social media content, whatever. It's just kind of fun. Or maybe it's a really great analytics app or maybe it's just whatever. Uh, it's kind of just a hodgepodge of what I'm using because I have a folder on my phone right now that is called content creation apps and it is three swipes long. So I'm t- I got plenty of stuff to share with you that I can't wait to talk to you about. Uh, on the blog this week, we talked about Snapseed, but today I want to tell you about Werble, W-E-R-B-L-E, Werble. If you want to see what it does, you can go to the inst- my uh, so- Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast Instagram account. Uh, go to the Seminary of Hard Knocks on Instagram, and you'll find the latest post. It has a Werble post. I used Werble to create that post. Um, it's the guy. It's a fireman with fire all around him. Here's what that's what it does. Um, it allows you to take a photo and add some kind of motion overlay to it. And right now I just have the basics. So all I have really are like weather. I have some things that like look like the apocalypse and I have some things that look like rain and snow. And I actually used it for our Christmas countdown this year. Um, I made all of our posts in Photoshop using our Christmas Eve service art. And then I put it into Werble and added because it was a, a wintry scene uh, like a like a, a city or a town that had a tree, big tree, and kind of like Whoville almost. It looked almost like Whoville. Yeah, oh my gosh, it totally did. I just realized that it looked a lot like Whoville. It's awesome. So our our department, our creative department, did a great job. You can go check that out. It's uh, it's on my Instagram as well. But I added through Werble the this motion of the snow, and so every day it would say 12, 11, 10, 9 days till Christmas or whatever, and I counted them down each day. But each day it also had this motion of this light snowfall happening on this little town that didn't exist that was moving on this still graphic. So it was kind of nice. It was really cool little, little extra feature that you can add that little touch to that nobody else is doing. So check out Werble. It's free. I actually paid for the upgrade. I tend to do that with content creation since I'm using it for me and I'm using it for my church as well. And it's not that much money. I think it was like 99 cents to get the full unlock. And then you have to actually buy the upgrade packs. So that's why I haven't done a whole lot of other stuff. But it's one of those apps that allows you to take motion overlays and put them on on your pictures. And it doesn't do video, I don't think. 
And maybe that's if you upgrade or if you really buy a video pack, I don't know. But I think it really just does the pictures is really the point of it. It gives a motion layer to a still picture. It's really cool. So check out Wurble. Wurble is a great app. I use it all the time. So let's get to today's content. Today, my guest is Robert Carnes. Robert is from Orange Leaders, and he also has a new book out, and it's called The Original Storyteller. It's available on Amazon. You can get it in the show notes. I put a link there. And in this book, it's a 30-day, a 31-day kind of devotional guide, but it helps us to study the life of Jesus, and it is a kind of a devotional to help you become a better storyteller if you're a communicator. You know, a lot of devotionals will have like, you know, kind of a devotional for living or Christian life, you know, that kind of general getting better with the Bible. This has Bible stories that where you do that, but it also encourages you to become a better storyteller. And it's a really cool book. It's on my shelf. It's on my list. I've skimmed some of it. It's on my list to finish reading in 2018. But uh, we're going to talk to Robert about it. He's going to tell us all about it, kind of what the book is about and just how to be a better storyteller in our church. I think all of us would think, yeah, if I could be a better storyteller, we're, some of you might be really good at it. And I, I, I think I think I'm okay at it when I'm just talking, but when I'm in the social media realm and that mindset, or I'm like looking at what I'm promoting for our video announcements, sometimes it's hard to remember. Oh yeah. Tell stories, tell stories, tell stories, put it in a story form. And we just get into autopilot mode. So it's always a good reminder. Even if you think you're okay at it to think through, how can I become a better storyteller? And that's something I'm focusing on for 2018. And uh, maybe that's something that you want to focus on too. But today we're going to hear from one of the leading experts, Robert Carnes and and you can get the show notes for today's for today's show, sethmuse.com slash 43. Here's my conversation with Robert. It was awesome. I love it. Thank you guys for listening, and I look forward to this year with you. Here we go. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Seth, and today I have a friend of mine on the show, Robert Carnes from Orange. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Seth. And tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you do with Orange and, and the other things that you're you're go, you're doing right now. And just give us a little bit of a picture of Robert. Yeah, so I'm a managing editor on uh, the staff at Orange. And if you're not familiar with Orange, uh, you know many people within the church probably are, but we run the Orange Conference that happens here in Atlanta every year, the Orange Leaders Blog. Uh, as well as the Think Orange podcast. So there's a lot of different things that Orange is involved in uh, with church leadership development and influencing uh, the next generation for Christ. So I'm, I'm just a writer and editor on staff uh, with Orange. I have a background in, in church communications. I worked uh, as a as church communications director on staff at two different local churches uh, here in Atlanta, right out of college. Uh, so, you know, I've got kind of some experience, uh, you know, in the trenches, so to speak, doing all the things that uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are pretty familiar with. And and when I was uh, in those roles, I got started, uh, you know, doing a bunch of different uh, communications and marketing uh, blog writing. So I was contributing to blogs like Church Marketing Sucks, Church.org, Sunday Mag, uh, etc. So I was, you know, helping to contribute what I was learning uh, kind of at those different churches to other people, you know, kind of my peers, the things that I was learning and want to really share those on a, on a wider scale. Yeah. You just, you just definitely hit our hash, the hashtag, all the things I do all the things. That's awesome. And you were at two yeah. churches, well, not at the same time though, right? In, in communication. Not at the same time. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was at uh, <laughs> two different Methodist churches for about a year each. Man, it um, feels like it. So though. yeah, no, not at the same time. I'm thankfully. Sometimes it just feels like you are at two churches at the same time. 
Like, wow, I've got, the, I've got the workload of two churches. Well, that's great. You've got a lot of experience. Uh, you've been in the trenches. You're in one of the, I mean, Orange is awesome. Orange is a huge deal. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners have heard of it, if not use it. Um, so you're a writer by kind of by trade, I guess, right? I mean, you gravitate towards writing a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and, and, I did. I actually was, I went to school to be a journalist. And so I wanted to, to write for newspapers. And obviously that didn't exactly work out the, the way that I intended it to. But, you know, I, I love being able to still incorporate incorporate that into, into what I'm doing on a daily basis. Yeah. So that brings us to kind of what's been going on in your life recently. You've recently written a book. Um, mm-hmm. the, tell us what the name of the book is and, and just tell us a little bit about it. What, what's it about? Yeah. So I wrote, uh, at the beginning of 2017, I started writing the original storyteller. Uh, it was published back in September, 2017. So it's been a couple months now. Uh, but it's a 30 day, guide, uh, to telling better stories. You know, I, I love the idea of, you know, a devotional that wasn't just super hyper spiritual. I wanted to, to create something that was really down to earth and practical and that people could pick up and, and actually get something out of. Um, and you know, I've always loved, uh, stories. I've loved the idea of storytelling. It's something we talk, uh, so much about within the church, especially within the marketing space. And so, you know, I was kind of curious as to what, you know, what a real story was, what really defined a story. I and mean, I think we, you know, we talk about it in this real ethereal sense, like, oh, you know, storytelling, it's just this kind of thing that you do. Yeah. But I, I wanted to kind of get some answers more practically about, okay, well, what does that actually mean? Like, what is, what makes up a story? And so I did a lot of research. I did a lot of reading. I did, you know, kind of some deep dives into what that meant and especially what that meant in the context of God and the Bible. And so I tied in, you know, kind of the practical gritty application piece of storytelling with a little bit of the spiritual, you know, this is how it relates to God. And this is how, how it helps us to kind of know our heavenly father a little bit better. And I, I wove those things together into kind of 30 days of, okay, this is how you can develop your storytelling voice a little bit more. And, and I tried to make it, uh, you know, very accessible to people, especially people who are creatives within the church and, and marketers within the church, because that's obviously the background that I'm coming from. So, yeah, I mean, I just I wanted yeah. to make a resource, you know, something that I would want to read and, and that people like me uh, would want to read and something they can pick up and really use um, in, in what they're doing day to day. Yeah. And that that's an awesome approach to it. I really love that you're you're not only just tying in the scripture and having kind of a devotional, but it's something I can take and mm-hmm. and actually do something with and become better at what I do um, as, a, as a communicator. And yeah. I, I feel like a lot of devotional books, especially the spiritual ones, there's kind of that, that missing application part that just kind of sometimes falls flat. Um, or it's so generic that you're like, I don't even know what to do with that, you know? So I really love the specificity of what you're doing. And yes, I just said specificity because (laughs) I I went to college. (laughs) So I really like what you're, what you're doing and your focus is on storytelling and helping churches do that better, helping church communicators do that, especially, um, in, in that space. So when you're, when you're writing this stuff, you know, you obviously have some inspiration, some, some ideas of probably from your childhood, from your own experiences. So what's, what's some of the stories that have really influenced you? You thought, man, this is a story, uh, a movie, a book or whatever, you know, that is like, this is kind of the definition of a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I tried to, as often as I could use those examples, uh, within the book themselves. I mean, I, it's, it's hard not to, you know, be drawn to like the Harry Potter series, the star Wars, 
Lord of the Rings, those kind of things that we hold up as like, you know, these are the quintessential stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought about, because I got a similar question when I was uh, talking to Kevin Hendricks over at Church Marketing Sucks about, you know, like what's what's one of your favorite stories, right? What's what's something that kind of drove you, um, you know, to kind of love stories? And and I'm always kind of drawn back to uh, The Phantom Tollbooth by Norton Juster, which was one of the, you know, like it's, I mean, it's a kid's book, right? It's mm-hmm. one that I read when I was probably like in fifth or sixth grade, but I'm always drawn back to that. And I reread it, you know, a couple times as like an adult and I still like, it still makes me laugh. It's still enjoyable. And it's, I mean, I love, you know, the university, universality, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right, of great <laughs> stories, right? That they can be applicable no matter if you're seven years old or 70 years old. And, and so that was one that I, I definitely get drawn back to, but you know, I also want to give an example from from Scripture too, because that's obviously where we get a ton of great stories. There's a reason, you know, we tell our kids Bible stories uh, as they're growing up, and and the prodigal son is is another one that really just jumps out to me as as one from Scripture that we can really always go back and reference. You know, one because it's so well known, right? Um, it's it's yeah. one that we all hear uh, growing up. It's one we're all familiar with. Um, it's you know, it's a parable itself right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ told stories and, and he told them a lot through parables and that's how he taught. And so that, you know, just tells us more about God that, you know, he has a love of storytelling and that's something he's instilled in each of us. But the prodigal son is, is such a great example of the story because, uh, you know, it tells uh, a story that's full of conflict. I think that's one of the, the most important elements of storytelling. You know, this, this son runs away and spends his inheritance and then comes back to the father and said that there's, you know, there's a resolution at the end of the story. We also see, a, you know, a character who's, who's deeply changed as a result of it, not just the son, but also the father. Yeah. And so all of those things are all working together to really make a very, very rich story. And I think that was very intentionally included in scripture because it's just, it gives us such a great example of the things, the elements within storytelling that we can use within the church today. Yeah. And I love that story. It's one of my favorite ones too. Um, have you ever read Tim Keller's book, The Prodigal God? It's about, I haven't. It's about that story. And okay. I, and I'll tell you, it's a small book, but man, I, I sat in a Starbucks one day and read that whole book in one sitting. It was just so good. And it's a real easy read. It's probably, you know, three, four hours of, of solid reading, but that story, right? He just used that story in the whole book to illustrate all the things that you were kind of talking about, just the, the love of the father. And, and, uh, you know, the, that he, his point too, was that the sons, both sons were both, were both wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was, it was so eye opening to me hearing that story. Cause I was like, Oh, you know what? I tend to be the older son in my life. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm the one that followed all the rules. I'm not the, I'm not the one that, that went away, you know, that's other people. And that was like, wow, that's not good either. You know, it's like, it was very, very, con- uh, very, very convicting, changed a lot about me, but because someone explained that story to me so well in this book and Tim Keller's awesome at doing that kind of stuff and really di- diving deep, but that story really is, imp- is powerful when you, when you look at all the things that are happening around it, it's, it's so good. And it really did change my life hearing someone tell me that story. Absolutely. Well, that's one I need to add to my my book reading list. Then that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's an incredible book, and it's easy, easy read. Um, highly recommended. I'll put that link in the show notes so everybody can go get it on Amazon. Yeah. So when we talk about story, I hear a lot of this, and honestly, you hit something that uh, I want to I want to drill down a little bit on, and it's the fact that there's conflict in the story, and that's part of what makes the story compelling. 
And I'll tell you something I've even hit mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks, just where I am and what I'm doing. There's a real resistance in the church to putting conflict or negativity in what we say, because we just want to be positive all the time. And, and I've found this to be really a weird kind of undercurrent of like when I'm trying to get people to motiv- motivate people to do something, it's like, we don't want to, we suddenly don't want to talk about the negative consequences of what could happen if you don't do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we want to take the conflict, Absolutely. we want to take the conflict out. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you and I'm going, okay. And I'm, I'm kind of knowing what I've, what I've read recently and things like that and going, okay, that actually is a pretty compelling reason to jump in that we're leaving out of the whole narrative when we're talking about whatever event we're talking about, you know, mission trip, you know, we don't want to put a sad face girl or, or talk about how, you know, she's going to starve if you don't help, you know, it's like, Oh, that's manipulation. But honestly, you're just adding in the negative, the conflict of the story and it compels people to do things. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, there, there isn't a story without conflict. I think it's, one of the most important features uh, of storytelling that we can focus on. And you're absolutely right. People want to shy away from, in so many cases, from that conflict because it kind of makes us feel uncomfortable a little bit. But yeah. there isn't a resolution to the story without a conflict. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you can put that in any context you want. Like there isn't a story without a villain. There isn't a story without some sort of loss or a sacrifice. And in scripture, there's there's no you know resurrection without Christ dying on the cross. So, you know, the Bible is full of conflict. Every story that you read, there's some sort of conflict, whether it's internal, external, or both. Like there's gotta be conflict because that's the, I I say that's the, the fuel that drives the story forward. And, um, yeah. And Brady Shear, I was talking to him at, uh, you know, pro church tools and he's such a, a great resource for storytelling as well. But, uh, you know, when I mentioned that he said that they refer to that as the test, that you've got to kind of feel around the bruise. And, and when you feel that, that, you know, you kind of, it hurts a little they refer, bit. Stings, wait, they refer to that, that as the, that's what makes you feel. They refer to that as it's the, the what? bruise test, the bruise test. It's yeah. It's where, you know, you've got a little, little bit of a sore spot, but if you can really dig down in that and kind of press in on the bruise a little bit, it, um, you know, it, it makes you feel something and, and it's uncomfortable, right? Anytime you hit a bruise and it's, you know, it's really sore on your arm, on your leg or something like that. It, it doesn't feel good, but it, it kind of, you know, it, it, it makes you feel and it's, it's got some emotional component to it. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, anytime that you have a story, you've got to be able to kind of dig into that conflict a little bit and be okay with being uncomfortable. And because, you know, if within the church in the context of, of the stories that we're telling, like, you know, there's pain and there's discomfort and there's, there's real tragedy that happens within people's lives. And so if we don't address that, then we lose the opportunity to impact people and to really tell, you know, authentic stories that really, really uh, can influence people for the better. Absolutely. And I think a lot of churches are really trying to leverage story in everything they do. And it's a good thing. It's a noble effort. Like we should be doing that. But I think a lot of those stories are missing that section of we don't start with the reason that you should care about this. You know, we start yep. with, here's all the things that make this great, or here's what, you know, we start with the, you know, we have all these opportunities for you to grow. We have all these opportunities, you know, and it's like, well, great. I've got opportunities to do a lot of things. You know, this is 2017 oh, yeah. and I have a smartphone. I've got opportunities to do almost just about anything I want to do right now. 
And so tell me why I should care about that versus the other stuff. I think that's what story really does. But if you, if you basically castrate it of its power by taking the conflict out, then of course you're not, of course you're going to get very little reaction to your advertisements, to your event promotions, to your social media posts. That's, that's my two cents. Oh no, that's absolutely right. Well, I think that we're trying to leverage those things and we, we kind of see what makes it work, what kind of makes it does, what, what could make story fail. Um, there's some church, there's churches that are trying to do this all over the place. And there's this idea of uh, how you position your church in that story when you're talking about getting people to um, come to events and do things, go on mission trips, etc. So a lot of times you hear it said, like, make the people the hero, not the church the hero. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what that means, what that looks like in story and why that's important? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the kind of principles within the book that that I unpack a little bit more is called the hero's journey. And uh, some people may be familiar with with that term. If you uh, follow Donald Miller, um, have listened to his podcast or I read do. his recent book. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's another great storytelling resource. Again, somebody that I, I uh, have gained a lot of uh, inspiration from. Um, but he really focuses in on this idea of the hero's journey, right? That there's there's some sort of larger narrative framework and there's always a hero that has a mentor that's kind of being led on this journey. And there's kind of, you know, all these ups and downs. But, you know, basically the principle that we can, can take away from that is, you know, the hero is at the center of the story. It's, you know, the story is being told from this hero's kind of perspective. And so often it's the default, you know, for us as the church being the storyteller, we want to tell the story from our point of view. You know, right. we naturally kind of want to make ourselves the hero. And it's we true from, about, a, from a certain yeah. point of view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the church obviously does <laughs> many incredible things. We are very heroic in our own way, right? But <laughs> if, if you're not making a story that people can relate to, then, you know, it kind of just whatever, who cares? They're not going to listen to you, right? Yeah. And so rather than talking about a mission trip and saying, oh, you know, our, our church went in there and, and made such a difference in the lives of all these people. No, no, no. Let's shift that a little bit and let's make our audience the hero. Let's put them in the shoes of the hero and, and tell the story from their perspective and say, you know, hey, John and Sally went on this mission trip and they were able to touch so many lives and all this kind of stuff. And then yeah. you shift the church instead to the role of this mentor, right? Right. Because every hero in in the kind of framework of the hero's journey has a mentor. Think about it as a, you know, it's a a Gandalf. Uh, It's a, you know, a Dumbledore. There's a lot of the mentors and famous stories apparently are just these old wizards who are helping uh, people out along their, their journey. But, you know, the church can be the kind of guiding trusted force for the better and helping the hero along, right? So the people, the audience that you're communicating to then see themselves in kind of the hero's shoes and go, okay, you know, I can, I can understand that story. I can, I can relate to that. And it's something that they want to participate in. It's something they want to engage in. And so when we're, we just kind of make that subtle shift of perspective, rather than talking about ourselves and, and talking about the story from our point of view, we talk about it from our audience's point of view and we create a character that they can kind of understand and resonate with. And yeah. so it's a, it's a subtle, small little thing, but it can make such a difference in the stories that we tell. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think one of the simplest ways to kind of, if you're going, okay, how do I shift the focus of what I write and what I'd say? Um, one, one of the things I like to think when I'm, when I'm writing stuff is I say, swap the pronouns. I take mm-hmm. all the pronouns and I stop saying I and we, and I say you and they, and, and try to see how I can rewrite it 
to do that, to focus the, take the focus of what I'm saying and put it somewhere else other than myself or our, yeah. ch- our church as a, as an entity. And that tends to help me a little bit get started because at first, okay. when you're first starting that, like that, this whole concept of like, uh, just not going, Hey, here's all the stuff we need is, is kind of foreign to a lot of, to a lot of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we see the social media, we see the the front announcements, we see video announcements or videos we make or whatever. We see that as an opportunity to tell people what, how they can help us. And we, we phrase it that way. And now we're going, okay, let's use story, but we're still trying to tell the story in that way. And so we shift the pronouns. I, sometimes that helps me. But, yeah. So no, I, I think that's a great way to kind of, a real practical step that you can do to kind of help make that shift more natural. Yeah. I, I, I love talking about this stuff. I mean, I always try to relate things back to uh, star Wars because that's, <laughs> I always try to relate things back to star Wars, uh, especially story, because that's such an easy story to, to kind of pick apart and see the steps. You know, you've got your hero and your guide comes in, yeah. Obi-Wan and he get, tells him the plan and calls him to action and tells him, Oh, we got to go blow up the death star. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like this really great story. That's very simple, but it works. It just works. And that's something you want to watch. Like it's created a fandom that's like no other. So it's incredible, which by the way, new movie, last Jedi, no spoilers. Incredible. I'm going on record. I loved it. It was amazing. So uh, did yeah. you like, have you seen it? I did. Yep. We went opening night, really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was a different kind of star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why there's been a little bit of pushback on, you know, some yeah. people are kind of confused by, by how it went. And, um, no, but I, I ultimately enjoyed it. And I think it went along with the, the kind of, you know, the atmosphere that people love of star Wars. I need to go see it again. I do too. I, you know, I need to see it, it like one of those 50 ones more times. It again. I, I would be down for that too. Yep. Um, <laughs> But it's great. And it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because, I mean, t- quickly tying that back to the hero's journey, George Lucas actually said in the, the original trilogy, he actually used very heavily uh, from, you know, the kind of original hero's journey framework. Yep. He, I mean, they're, they're almost like literal examples. You know, there's there's one part in the framework where the hero goes into a cave. Right. And I mean, there is yeah. a part in turn of the or, um, no, it's it's Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. It's Empire Strikes Back where Luke actually physically goes into a cave, right? And that's supposed to represent the, you know, hero's descent into kind of this darkness of, of his own soul. And that's yeah. that's almost literally what Luke is doing. So, yeah, Star Wars is a phenomenal example. You can always go back to that one as a great example of storytelling. And it's awesome, too. My, one of my favorite scenes, like a lot of people go, man, the movie just slows down right there. I think that's a great scene because we see... Luke actually take out his lightsaber and attack Darth Vader and knock his head off, you know, and, and then the face of Darth Vader explodes and it's Luke in there. And it's like, dude, you could become the dark side. You could become Darth Vader. So it was like, Oh man, this is in all of us, that kind of thing. So that's, I love that kind of stuff. The imagery was really great. And, and when I heard that, that same thing from like a documentary that you're talking about where he's like, I used the hero's journey and the plunge into the darkness. I was like, Oh man, just ripping it straight out. And that's awesome. I loved, I love yep. star Wars. I can fanboy all day, but, uh, well, we'll have to, we'll have to schedule another episode to just talk about storytelling in star Wars. I'm I think thinking, that sounds like a good episode. I'm thinking about doing it, man. I, I've, I've really considered it in the last couple of days. Like I don't want to spoil things, but maybe I'll take the other movies and just do a off episode and talk about star yep. Wars all, for an hour or more. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk way more than an hour about that. Whenever my brother comes over, he's, he's like me. We, we'll just, we'll talk in like wee hours of the morning about 
mm-hmm. Star Wars. So nerdy. We nerd out so bad. Okay. Well, back to what we're talking about, the story and the, and the storytelling that happens in churches. Um, so let's talk about how to collect those stories, because I think a lot of churches really do have struggles in collecting the stories and, and kind of recognizing a good one. You know, it's like, how do we get people to tell us things? How do we get people to share that? And, and where do we put it? And what's the process? I think there's a lot to that. So just your two cents, like how can churches do better at collecting stories? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, to reinforce this, because I, I did a quick poll on Twitter a couple weeks ago as I was kind of, you know, trying to promote the book and, and talk up storytelling. You know, I asked, what's your biggest challenge around telling stories within the church? And that was by far like the almost overwhelmingly the only response that I heard was, how do I just get started? Yep. Right. Like just just collecting story to begin with is always the most challenging piece. Right. It's not even understanding the stories are important or trying to convince my senior pastor, any of that kind of stuff like those, like those are usually gimmies. It's always like just, just picking up the first step. And so I always say, you know, because storytelling does take time, it's, it's harder than just the default of throwing information at people, right? Like that's, that's the easy thing to do. So yeah, storytelling is harder. It takes time and effort. And a lot of times as church communicators, we don't have that margin. So that's where kind of, that's where the rub comes in. So, you know, just starting where you can, just taking a little bit of time and building yourself a little bit of margin to do that is, is a first step and not expecting yourself to be perfect right from the gate, right out of the gate is, is another important piece. But, you know, just starting a storytelling like list or a database or some sort of document that you have together, uh, whichever, you know, kind of form that takes, if it's an Evernote document, if it's a Google doc, if it's a, you know, Word doc on a shared public folder or something like that, just pulling together a document and just copying and pasting different examples of stories from around your church. If that's, you know, an email that you get about, you know, a member who really enjoyed an event or a Facebook post of, Hey, you know, your church was praying for me and it really made a difference in my life. Or even just a, like an anecdote that you hear as, you know, you're passing on the hallway and somebody says, Hey, I really liked you know, love the sermon series. It was applicable in my life in these ways. Like just grabbing those moments as they're flying by you yeah. and putting them in one place, right? Just just collecting them all together so that you're able to grow a storytelling database that then in those moments when things are flying by you, you're able to kind of go back and pick one from all those different examples of stories. And and one of the ways to grow that even quicker and more reliably is to employ the help of, you know, other staff members, volunteers, other people from around your church and say, hey, you know, here's what we're looking for in stories. This is the way, you know, places that we need to get these things. Like, would you mind helping me to kind of capture all this stuff? Because that's what really takes the time. And you obviously can refine it and polish it as you go along. But just that that natural act of collecting stories, it'll, it becomes easier over time because you know what you're looking for. But once you've built that up, it's going to be so much easier to go back in and dip into it and find stories that you can apply in different moments. Like, you know, when you need to promote an event, rather than just talking about, you know, the details of, of when and where it's going to be, you're going to say, okay, well, I remember we did this event last year. Like I got great email. Let me go tap back into my storytelling database and pull that out. And we can now interview this person or record a quick video with them or, or something along those lines. It just becomes easier and builds you a lot more margin to tell those stories. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick way to get started is do a Facebook post that says, Hey, how did you come to our church? Tell us how you got here. 
And that's a good way to just to start getting something and thinking about social posts, ask those kinds of questions. Like, tell us how you came to know Christ. Tell us how you uh, overcame some adversity in your life that Jesus helped you through. Tell us, you know, sound off in the comments on Facebook and maybe your Facebook isn't super involved, but you might get something. It's something to start with. And I love the idea of like taking that document and having a bunch of other stats. We do base camp document. Like I hate base mm-hmm. camp. I'm not a fan. It's very confusing <laughs> to me. I like a, I'm team Asana, uh, but what we're they're using that in a creative. So I'm on it, but we have a message board in base camp that we just, anytime you have a story, you go and just put it there and it's working really well for us. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that idea of, of even asking for stories because that's a much more active way to, to grab those things. You know, I mean, we can passively kind of collect them as they come by, but, but even taking that little step further, like you're saying, and you know, if it's creating uh, you know, a Facebook post, if it's actually putting a form on your website and, you know, asking people to, to grab stories there, like, yeah, I think there's a lot of active ways that you can collect stories as well. Yeah. And especially if you can somehow show those stories, I know a lot of us do them in video form. Like when you get a story, mm-hmm. you think, okay, now we have to make a video. But there's blogs, there's articles, there's, you know, you make it, I've started doing this thing where I just had our re-engage guy. Um, just give me quotes that you hear. And then I make a graphic of like two wedding rings and put the quote on it. And I talk about re-engage. And that's it. You know, it's just a yeah. great, but it's a great storytelling device. It's like the options are, are many, to be honest, to tell these stories and to use that, that, that content. Because when people start to see that you're using that, something happens And I want to say our sinful nature kicks in and it actually works for the communicator. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. it's the, I could be kind of, I could be on TV, you know, that kind of feel like they might use my stuff. And so they're actually going to let my story get out there. And people love that. People love to be seen and heard and it makes us feel validated. It makes us feel like we're important and that's good. You know, that's okay to do that. I'm a, I make a joke, but it's okay to do that. So to tell your story, the story of your people actually is another way to make them the hero of your narrative. Yeah. Well, and oh. when people actually have, you know, when your church impacts them in a positive way like that, they're usually going to be pretty eager to tell you about it. They're usually pretty yep. eager to actually share their stories. They usually just get asked. Right. Right. So when we take the time to actually say, Hey, would you mind sharing about this and telling other people about it? I mean, the majority of people, there are some that are going to be shy and and don't want to share it. And that's fine. You have to respect that. But the majority of people don't mind sharing when you ask them. So it's, it's just a matter of getting out there and, and collecting it and, and harvesting those great stories. Yeah. And I think, I think somebody on staff or needs to own that like continually asking, mm-hmm. continually saying, Hey, we got any new stories. Or if, if you've got a, a document that you're all sharing, somebody needs to kind of every once in a while, send out a reminder, like, Hey, don't forget stories. We're looking for that, put them in the document, you know, and that's kind of an annoying thing, but I think someone needs to own it or it won't happen. It'll die off. You th- you, do you think that this is the case? You think that might be the truth? Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I definitely agree that somebody needs to kind of be at the forefront of it. It's just kind of funny that that almost always ends up being the communications person. Yeah. And that's just another kind of thing to, to add to the plate, but Hey, that's, that's <laughs> one of the most important things we do. So like we need to make sure that that's a priority. Unless there's a way to automate it on Zapier. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be cool? Get on, get to work there. Science. Okay. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your book. Where can we find your book and where can we find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to learn more about the book, uh, originalstoryteller.com is the place to go. I've got all sorts of links, um, posting updates about it. Uh, I actually just got 
uh, the first couple days as a reading plan on the YouVersion Bible app. So if you're curious about reading Sweet. a little bit more of the content uh, for free, go on the YouVersion Bible app and you can search Original Storyteller. I've also got a link on the website, like I said. Uh, of course, it's available to purchase on Amazon in both print and digital versions. And if you want to hear more from me, you can obviously follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jam Rob Carr. Awesome. And we'll have those links in the show notes as well. So uh, in case you don't know how to spell that, we can we yeah. do that for you. Awesome. Well, any parting shots, any parting wisdom for churches when it comes to storytelling, anything last left you wanted to say before we go? Well, I mean, the, the only other thing I would say is that, so we're, we're coming up uh, on the close of 2017. And, um, you know, it was about this time last year that I was thinking about writing a book that obviously has ended up, you know, being in print, uh, and actually, you know, a real thing 12 months later. And so, um, you know, I don't know when, when your listeners are going to hear this, but, um, you know, a year is a long time to actually be able to accomplish things. And if you're trying to set some new goal for yourself in 2018, like just, you know, just get after it because I, this, this was a year that I, I wanted to do something different and I wanted to, uh, write and publish a book and, and make a difference. And you know what? I, I actually accomplished it. And if I can write a book, I think anybody can. And, um, and your goal may not be to write a book. It may be to, you know, I don't know, run a marathon or lose weight or something like that, or, or just, you know, be better at, at your job doing communications. But, um, you know, I would say that there, there is an opportunity always to, to improve yourself, to improve your own story. And, um, I think it just takes a, co- a combination of commitment and hustle to actually getting things done. Um, because yeah, I mean, I, I actually set out and did it and that's the only reason that I'm talking to you right now on this podcast. And, uh, I, you know, I would just, I would put the encouragement out there to anybody who's listening, um, you know, that there's, that there is hope that you can do whatever you really set your mind to and, and that God has a, you know, a greater plan for all of us. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And Robert, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing all of the, the experiences and the wisdom that you've accumulated in this process. And, uh, guys go get the book. I'm, I haven't read it yet. It's on my list. And when I finish reading it, we're gonna have Robert come back on. We're gonna talk about it again. It's gonna be awesome. So Robert, thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, thanks so much. All right, guys, this is episode 43. So go to sethnews.com slash 43 to get the show notes. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you in two more weeks. See ya.